Good morning and welcome to Four Points Online. We are so excited that you have chosen to worship with us today. We wanted to let you know about the Four Points Hub if you haven't heard about that yet. Guys, this is the best way to stay connected with Four Points straight from your mobile device. All you need to do is go to fourpoints.org hub and there you will see several tabs you can click on depending on your needs. If you have an amazing story of what God has done in your life, click on Share Your Story and let us know how God has moved. You can watch Pastor Mark's latest message, and you can also get an update of everything that's currently going on in the ministry of Four Points with convenient links to each event. We also have a safe and secure way for you to tithe and give. By clicking on the Giving tab, you can give a one-time gift or set up a recurring gift in the amount you choose. Everyone has a next step to take, and you can take yours through the Hub. If you have prayed to receive Jesus, you can click that option to let us know, and we will help you as you move forward in your walk with Christ. We hope you've heard about our virtual community groups, but if you haven't joined one yet, you can do that through the Hub now, too. Finally, if there's anything you need to let us know, like a change in your contact information or a prayer request, you can give us that information directly through the Hub. If there is anything you need to know about Four Points, you can find it here in the Hub. Now, you guys stay tuned for Pastor Mark's message. What's up? Four points. I'm so excited about the start of our new sermon series, Social Distancing, and I'm going to explain that in a minute, but here's what I need everybody to do. If you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook or even a few of y'all that are watching on Twitter, I need you to get your phones out or your computers and share right now. I want everybody to share. I think we can get over 200 people sharing on Facebook today. I really believe we can make that happen. So do it now and let's share and let's get the word out. Now, I want to explain why we're doing social distancing because I know some of y'all probably think that is ridiculous that they chose that because we've heard it so much lately, but that's precisely why we did it. Actually, I don't know if you can tell on this picture, but I think you can. There's, there's people everywhere, all around, and yet... In this picture, we, we use this as, as the logo, as the background of social distancing, and, and there's a specific reason why. So this is the subtitle to Social Distancing, the series, and it's a new name for an old problem, a new name for an old issue, a new name for what's really been taking place, because the reality is there's not a lot of gatherings like this anymore, but social distancing is not new. Social distancing is something that's been going on for a long time because we've always been around people. But have we had true social connections? Have we had true community in our lives? And my answer would be from what I've gathered, from what I've understood based on people's relationships, I don't believe that's the case. So I think people just put a new name on it. And I don't know, a few of y'all probably saw my Facebook Live on Thursday, but this is what I believe. I believe they should have called social distancing personal space distancing because being six to eight feet apart is different than me not being able to socially connect to you. So this series could be the end of social distancing. I wish somebody would say amen or put 50, 100 hearts, come on Jesus, on Facebook right now because I want to end social distancing, but I understand the need for personal space distancing in this season. So, and if I keep saying distancing, sound like Cy Robertson, distancing, but we're going to end it. So, Today, the title of the message is The Isolation Issue. Come on, if you're at home or the 15 to 20 people in the building today, say isolation issue. Come on, say it. Can we all agree that that's an issue? Isolation. Isolation. I, I want to show you 
why it's a difference and why it's an issue. See, solitude is what Jesus did. Solitude is what Jesus did. He went alone with God. The Bible says in several different places that he got up early in the morning and he got alone with Jesus. And so there's nothing wrong with getting up in the morning and getting with Jesus. That is getting along with God, and we all need that. But this is the issue. Today, the problem is a lot of us are getting up alone, but we're not going with God. And so isolation, this is my definition, is being alone without God. Matter of fact, let me just hit on this for just a second before we get rolling. That is exactly what Satan wants for your life. Satan wants you to be isolated and separated from everyone, and most importantly, from God. If he can isolate and separate you, you'll destroy yourself. I promise you. As a matter of fact, let me show you in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. It says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He, meaning we, us, me and you, he and she, he breaks out against all sound judgment. And so I will do things that are silly, that I never would otherwise if I am isolated. Remember what John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I believe a lot of times we think he wants to steal my stuff. But I don't think Satan cares how much. Matter of fact, I think he'll give you more stuff as long as you'll isolate yourself from God and from people. Because you'll, you'll hurt yourself and you'll, have, you'll lack sound judgment. And I'm going to get ahead of myself if I keep talking. So I just want to show you, this is the Hebrew because it was written in Proverbs. Look what, it, look what this word isolate or isolation actually means in the original language. It means separated or out of joint. And that's going to be very important in our message today. Out of joint. I want you to see there's a famous German theologian that he was famous for trying to get rid of Hitler. He was in Germany and he tried to get rid of Hitler. He tried to kill him. Thank God for him. It didn't work, but Hitler later did it to himself. But let me, let me show you what he said about isolation. He said, send a man to have a man by himself. When you see man, think man or woman, himself or herself. Send a man to have a man by himself. It, it withdraws me from my community. The, most, the more isolated I am, the more destructive I will be, and the more destructive will be the power of sin over, my, over me, over you, over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous his isolation is. And so listen, this is, this is the point. The point is, the more isolated I am, the more I withdraw. And y'all all have been there before. I isolate myself because I'm miserable. And so whether it's anxiety, which actually in the original language means separated from wholeness or what I'm supposed to be. I, I can find myself in states of depression because I've isolated myself. And the more that I am, the more that I find that's the only thing that comforts me. And so I go to it and I start thinking, and listen, here's where I believe paranoia sets in. I get paranoid because I think they're all talking about me, all the people that I love that I'm supposed to be connected to and have community with. And the problem is God did not create us to live this life by ourselves. As a matter of fact, I always love to go back to the garden and to the very beginning because I believe you can find just about everything that was supposed to be from Genesis 1, 2 and the first part of 3. And so in Genesis chapter 2, what's happened up till this point is God's created everything, including man. He created Adam. And then he said this, after he had created everything and the earth was there and the animals were there and everything was there, in verse 18, God said, it's not good that man should be alone. He said, I will make him a helper fit for him. 
Now, if you're not careful, you'll think that this means that everyone should get married. I do not believe that this passage should be taken where every human being should be married. I don't believe some people are supposed to be. Otherwise, the Apostle Paul, who wrote over a third of the New Testament, messed up. I don't think that was the case there. But I do believe, I do believe that all of us are supposed to have deep connections. Let me show you in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It's one of my favorite chapters and, and passages in Scripture, especially dealing with this. I've used it in wedding ceremonies a lot of times. It says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift his fellow. But woe to him who is, what is his word? Say it again. Alone. Woe to me when I'm alone. When he falls and has not another to lift him. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one. In other words, though I might prevail one-on-one -on -one with two. There it is again, Jesus. Two with, will withstand him and a, and a three-fold cord is not quickly broken. Now listen, here's the deal. I've used this so many times because I said in my marriage, that's Mark, Leah, and Jesus. And with Jesus at the center. But, but if you just take it that, that three brothers or three sisters or three people that are doing life together, when you, when you braid something together, it's hard to break it. I don't know if you've ever tried before. And so in wedding ceremonies, we'll use it as the unity candle or the unity sand or all these other different unity things. But let's, let's make it practical right now. If you're going at it alone right now because you don't have a choice, like Shannon was talking about a minute ago, like, I wish this place was packed. It's a lot easier to preach and hang out, and I like it way better when we're all together. However, we should be wise. And so I believe mid-May to June, we're going to have service again in here with everybody packed, and it's going to be awesome. But in the meantime, how can we avoid isolation? And I believe the way that you have to do it is by opening up to understand what God created you to be because God did not create us to do this alone. He said it's not good to be alone. We were created to do life together, to live together in harmony. I'm not talking about you live with every single person. I'm talking about you have community with all kinds of different people. But there's certain community that we have that is, that is close-knit community that we can look at and say, I'm going to tell you, Blake, a little bit more than I'm going to tell other people because I need to be able to share these things because the enemy wants you to believe that you're the only one struggling in the sin you're struggling in. Let me tell you right now, friend, that is a lie. You are not the only one struggling with what you're struggling in today. There are many people all around you struggling, but if he can make you believe that you're awful, shame on you, you're the only one dealing with this, you're the only one dealing with this sickness, you're the only one dealing with this issue, you're the only one about to go through this, then you will isolate yourself and you'll begin to believe there is no hope for me, I'm the only one, shame on me. And as soon as that happens, I, I get into this rut and begin to believe that this is my only hope. Like, matter of fact, what, what I begin to say to myself is, this is my lot in life. Some of us have said that before. This is my lot in life. I, I'm, my lot in life is to, is to have to hide these certain things from these certain people so no one can ever find out what I'm really like. And as long as I do that, the more I withdraw. But I find that when I withdraw, I withdraw to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or Netflix or food or other kinds of things. Because it's the only place that I can feel a release. 
And so now some of those releases have been taken away because you can't go to gyms and you can't work out. You can't go to parks. You can't go to other things. So literally the only thing for you to do is to isolate yourself in your homes and for me to isolate myself in my home. And so sitting down at the dinner table and having conversations with our families that we haven't done in years becomes really awkward because I don't even know if I want to talk to those people. Come on, somebody. I'm not the only one that feels that way sometimes. That's, what, that's some of the things that I want to talk about in this series. I want to talk about parenting. I want to talk about marriage relationships. I want to talk about friendship relationships. But today, I want to keep it more open and talk to you about how God intended for me to live this life together with people in community and not live life alone. So let me show you what Paul said in Ephesians 4. It's like, it's like two little verses that give, us, that give us the ingredients or the instructions of what this is supposed to look like and how life is supposed to flow. How isolation was never your destiny, was never the intent for your life. I don't care where you are or what you're doing. Solitary confinement is one of the worst things that you can have because you will make yourself go crazy by talking to yourself. Sometimes you need somebody else to talk to. Can I get an amen in this place? You need, you need more, more than just you, yourself, me, myself, and I, right? The three of us sometimes don't work well together. So I've got to be able to speak to the Lord, but I've got to be able to speak to a brother. I've got to be able to speak to my wife. I've got to be able to speak to people that I'm supposed to do life with. And so this is what he says. Speaking the truth in love, Ephesians 4.15. Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into whom, excuse me, into who is the head, Christ. So first and foremost, most important, I need you to know that Christ is the head. Now watch this. From whom the whole body, I'm going to show you in a second, but that's us. We are the body of Christ from whom the whole body joined and knitted, knit together by what every joint supplies. I need y'all to circle star if you have your Bible app, highlight this, remember this, every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. I'm telling you, we could preach a whole series on just this verse right here because I have a specific responsibility in the body of Christ. And I'm supposed to do my share and understand that every joint, every relationship, every part supplies what I need. Causes growth of the body for the building up or edifying of itself in love. Now, that is important. It starts with speak the truth in love and then says that everything that I say because this edifice word it's, it's the way that we speak to each other and the way that we have transaction with each other that it should always be from love. That if I do it to get back at you, if I do it to show you that I'm right, then I've, then I've really messed up. And so I want to show you if every joint supplies, I got my friend with me today. This is Sam the skeleton. <laughs> Thank you. I like him. I like it because I can actually pick this skeleton up, and if we had a full size, it'd be super awkward. But I'm going to tell you some things that I didn't know, and I wanted to study to find out, like, what, <laughs> what do joints actually do? Because I've, I've studied joints a little bit. I, I took a little bit of sports medicine because I was interested, and I used to tape ankles when I coached basketball, and so I know that this, that this down here, if the, if the ligaments and tendons aren't going good, right, then this ain't going to work. And if, and if my boys can't jump, 
And if they can't move, then we're in trouble. So I, I, learned, I learned certain things, but I learned a whole lot more this week than I had before. That every joint supplies. Now, if Christ is the head of the church, a lot of times what I find the problem with unhealthy joints is I don't like the part of the body that I am, so I get upset at other parts that I think are more important. But if you read the Bible, the Bible specifically says that we should celebrate the parts that are unseen, that that's what deserves honor. So a lot of times the pastor gets all the praise, but the pastor is not the one. As a matter of fact, if you, if you look up and understand apostle and prophet, they're foundational or, or bottom rung gifts in the kingdom. That's not the head, that's Jesus. So, so if, that, if that's the case, then maybe we're defeat. Come on, somebody. And, and I don't know about you, but, but I'm big because I know some of y'all aren't. And a lot of days, at the end of the day, my feet start hurting. Now, I've had some personal issues, and I just want Sam to help me with this. I've had some personal issues with joint pain. I don't know if it's the years and years and years that I played ball or the 30-ish pounds extra that I'm holding right now. Probably a little more, but we won't talk about it in Jesus' name. But I, I've got joint pain. And, and so... so when, when I'm looking at Sam and I understand unhealthy joints, there's, there's three different kinds of unhealthy joints that I want y'all to know about. There's a lot more than this. But there's three different types. There's arthritis, dislocation, and gout that we're specifically going to look at. Now, here's what arthritis is. I'll use the elbow because I had an elbow issue on this elbow. About three years ago, I had surgery. But on this joint right here, if I have gout... That is caused from an acid buildup, which causes a huge flare-up. And you can tell when someone has gout because you look at them and go, gout, no sense, right? You're welcome for that. That was bad. You look at them and go, oh, my gosh, that is awful. What's wrong with them? But listen, acid buildup. I, I want you to know that everything that is physical in the kingdom can be paralleled to something spiritual. And you know what acid buildup is in your life. The Bible says to guard your heart. You can't see it, right? It's not, it's not a joint. Because in my personal life, my heart is where everything flows from. And so I can have metaphorically or spiritual, I can have acid buildup just by getting bitter. And now all of a sudden, what's supposed to flow, where every joint supplies in my bitterness, all of a sudden it starts building up and I have swelling that takes place in what should be supplying for my life. Because Christ is what supplies all my needs according to his riches. But if I'm this body part of the arm, if I'm a bone, if I'm one of these important things, because you're not all of them, you're just one of them in the body. But if I'm this and I am in the joint that I'm supposed to have with you, because that is the picture, right? Relationships are the joints. We are all members of his body. And whenever I'm supposed to have a relationship with you, but through my paranoia, through my bitterness, through the past last relationship, I allow this to start becoming acidic. Then what's supposed to be supplying will eventually cut me off. And I'm going to tell you all right now, I've never had, I've never had gout. I've had arthritis and I'm going to talk about it next. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you've suffered with it, and I've known people really well that have, it is, it is crippling. It's awful. It will shut you down. And, and I'll tell you what else will is arthritis. Arthritis is not the same. It's not, it's not acidic. It ca it's caused, by the way, by many different things. But, but it's swelling. And I'm going to tell you what I've learned because I wanted to know anyway because I've had some small cases of arthritis in my body. 
But if I have arthritis in my right shoulder or left, I actually have a little bit in my left shoulder right now. It's hard to raise your arm above your head if, you're, if, if one of the joints that are supposed to be working right stops working right. And it can be caused by any number of things. It can be caused by drinking. Listen to me carefully right now. It can be caused by drinking the wrong things. I, I, drink, I like soft drinks. Well, that is a direct cause of gout. I like certain kinds of, of, of meats. And some are good to, to help with arthritis. I said gout a minute ago. Some are good with arthritis, but some cause it. And so if I'm struggling with pain, which, which by the way, let me say this. What happens when I have arthritis is it starts deteriorating the bone and cartilage all around me. And so what's supposed to be good and flexible and full of fluid that's not, that's not building up becomes something that, that keeps me from being able to function properly and getting the things that my bones and my body and my muscles that connects everything needs. And so what ends up happening is I end up eating and drinking and doing more that ends up hurting me rather than helping me. Sugar is not good for your joints, everybody. But sugar is good for my belly. Come on, Jesus. So I don't want to cut out sugar, and I don't want to mostly drink water. But if you don't, if you're big, which I am, or if you just get older, which arthritis begins to set in more, or if you have some genetic issues, what is supposed to supply all your needs will end up hurting you. And you can't move right. And I've had arthritis flare up in my hands where it's hard for me to grip. Even this microphone. And in my case, I like to grip a golf club and play golf, and it's hard to grip a golf club if you have arthritis in your hands. I learned that arthritis can have, one of the worst things that can happen in arthritis, by the way, is stress. And, and I'm, there's a healthy level of stress, but then there's an unhealthy, which, which ends up causing, listen to this, depression. And they said depression is one of the leading causes, depression is one of the leading causes of arthritis. Now think about this with isolation. If, if the goal for the enemy is to cause isolation and that leads me to feel depressed as a result of the stress that comes in my life, the paranoia, all the different. And so what is the only thing oftentimes if I'm feeling depressed and alone that I do? I, I, I try to give myself something like alcohol or like pills or like other things that can make me feel better. Well, we do the same thing with arthritis in our bodies. We take Advil or ibuprofen, off-brand, or naproxen or, or, or one of the other medicines, and it momentarily makes me feel less pain and may even take some of the swelling down, but the next day or the next day or the next day, I'll feel the same thing. The only thing I can do is begin to work the joints, begin to put water in my body rather than other things, begin to take the toxins out, and begin to go back. And then there's one more that I wanted to show you, and that's a dislocation. Now, my elbow is made with a joint to bend a certain way. And when this particular joint pops out of joint, that's literally what a dislocation is, is it's out of joint. It's, it's not functioning as it's supposed to. You can't keep functioning with a dislocation. And if you've ever seen people with, like, former NFL players are a great example. They have, their fingers are just destroyed, y'all. Sam is not cooperating with me right now. Their fingers are just destroyed because their, their fingers were dislocated so many times and they end up looking like, like just mangled. You can't continue to function if you have dislocation in your life when it comes to your joints. 
If you've been dislocated, I need to go to a doctor and, and have my shoulder pop back in place, have my elbow pop back in place, have my kneecap put back where it's supposed to be. Well, the Bible says this, so you can think it's churchy or not, but the Bible says that he is the great physician and that, that he is the one that can relocate my joints in its proper place. Because not every joint is a joint that is good for you. Not every joint supplies you. Only some joints actually hurt you. And so those joints are not bad to dislocate. You just need to relocate them with different joints. And so I, I want to show you the proper way we can do this. And I want you to remember, Sam, you need to cooperate. I want y'all to remember just for a second that none of us in the body of Christ, all of us play a role, but none of us are or the head, that's Jesus. And, it, and later in Ephesians 4, it says, Therefore, having put away lies, falsehood, let each one of us speak the truth with his neighbor. Now, now why is that important? Because my neighbor is my joint. It's who supplies who I'm supposed to be connected with. This is not necessarily my next door neighbor, but who I'm doing life with. And during this series, I want to talk specifically about who should be my joint, my neighbor. Who should be the ones that I'm running with? But look, if I'm spending the most time with the person, if I'm talking, the person that you're willing to share all truth with, and I hope there's somebody, it says, for we are members or parts of one another. Look at what Colossians 2 says. It says, we receive directly from Jesus and his supply. Remember, all my needs are supplied according to his riches in Christ Jesus. God's riches in Jesus. Vitally into every part of our bodies through the joining of ligaments connecting us to one another. He is the divine head. Look, he is the divine head who guides his body and causes it to grow by the supernatural power of God. He, he, he makes me grow. He makes all these things happen. But listen, what stunts my growth so many times is not that Jesus stopped being Jesus. It's that, it's that I had a problem in my joints that supply. You know, if you're a kid and you're growing up and you break your growth plate, if you don't get that fixed, you will actually have a dwarfed arm where your arm won't grow or a dwarf leg where your leg won't grow enough. So before modern medicine time, people would limp their entire life because one of their legs would get broken in the growth plate, in the joint, because that supplies. And if you have joint damage, your bones will deteriorate and eventually will become brittle and break. And what should be functioning strong, no matter how much calcium you get, everybody, the joint supplies. And so we can have the best relationship with Jesus possible. But if we don't have proper joint care, where I'm joined with my brothers and sisters, the right ones, then I will not receive what I'm supposed to receive from Jesus the head. And I won't function as God has intended for me to function. And look at what John 15 says, and this is how I want to close. Y'all can have, and I can have, the best joint care possible. We can have all the function in the world. You can have great friendships. You can understand the fact that isolation was not God's way. 
that social distancing really isn't the right way we should be wording this. It should be personal space distancing. But in my social connections, in my joints, in the ones that I do life with, I should be honest. Y'all, I don't have it all together. I'm a mess in different areas. I need growth. And I've got people in this room right now that I've shared that with and said, this is the areas that I need help in. I feel spiritual gout coming on if I'm not careful. If the acid nature of a past season or past relationship comes up in my life, then that can become against you. And I will say I don't know where this is coming from, but the reality is it's from that. But I can have all of that information and I can do all those things right. But y'all, if I miss the most important part, which is the head, which is Jesus, then I can try and be honest and love but I'll never really understand how to have health in this body, which is one part of many members of Christ's body, the church. And so the problem is I can know all the stuff and I can practice good friendship stuff and I can do the love there and I can, and I can try everything with my spouse and I can try everything with my friends. But a lot of times what feels broken is that I'm not tied to Jesus. And I just wanted to close with this. Y'all should all read John 15 today. But this one verse says, I am the vine, Jesus, and you are the branches. And whoever abides remains connected, not isolated, but remains connected in me and I in him. He bears much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. You know one thing that I do appreciate about this season? Because... You talk about a whirlwind, like Leah and I moved back the end of February, and so really the first, the very first of March, and we got the stuff moved in, in the garage, had stuff, like we got settled, and the first Sunday that I was here was March 15th, and we got to meet here, and it was packed, and it was awesome, and the very next Sunday up till right now, we haven't had church, and as a staff and leadership, we've kind of taken a step back and gone... Like, this is crazy, but we trust that God has a plan through this, so let's grow. But we wouldn't have chosen this way. But here's what I do appreciate about it. It's made us evaluate if energy, I just need y'all to listen. Energy doesn't work in a room that's empty. Because you can't be energetic enough and hype enough for the real thing. And I can't fake it till I make it. In isolation. I can't fake it till I make it quarantined in this season. There are going to be times where you are alone in a home or in, in an apartment by yourself, but that doesn't mean that you're alone. And so if for years or weeks or it's felt like just this past week, you felt like you were alone, it's not because Jesus went anywhere. It's because you tried to do it and hope that he would bless where you're going. But Jesus has already been where you're going, everybody. Jesus has literally been where you're going and asked you to walk according to him, not the other way around. Jesus doesn't want us to wake up in the morning and say, bless what I'm going to do. He wants us to know that what we're going to do is blessed if we do it in him. And so what I've got to ask myself, and this is what I want everybody to do, y'all, is I just want you to ask yourself today, am I remaining connected, joined with him? Have I ever been connected and joined with him because here's what it means 
I think a lot of times if you're new to church, I think a lot of times you would probably think they've got all this Bible memorized and they've got all this stuff. It has nothing to do with it. I can literally memorize the whole Bible and not be connected with the one that wrote it. The most important thing is that I have intimacy, which is this word. Intimacy breaks isolation. If you remember anything today, I hope that you'll remember that. Intimacy is the only way to destroy isolation. And what God wants for you, what God desires for you is intimacy with him. What was broken through sin was brought back through Jesus. And every day, it's not my opportunity to go meet with God. Listen, this is unbelievable. God is in me. I get to have intimacy with what is already in me. He is alive. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, Romans 8, 11, lives inside of me. And what he desires for my life is for me to be intimate with him and remain in him and understand it's not good for me to do it alone, but he sent Jesus, the bridegroom, to come rescue the bride of Christ. That's all of us in that skeleton body. And so I don't, single people, you can have this marriage that is far greater than any marriage on earth. It's intimacy with God. But in order to have that, it's not that you've never messed up or that you won't mess up this week. It's simply you surrendering your heart to Jesus. The Bible says it this way. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you are saved. And I believe there's some people here that you've gone through motions of church, but church doesn't save you. Your parents don't save you. Your relationships don't save you. Only connection with Jesus by making him Lord of your life, saying, I surrender all to Jesus. That's what makes you saved. That's what makes you remain in him. Every day waking up saying, today, I'm yours. Today, I'm yours. And that's not getting re-saved, y'all. That's just simply saying, I surrender my will to Jesus. Because any time that I don't, what I decide is this. I can do it on my own and hopefully God can come back and rescue me. It's not necessary. I don't ever have to live that way. So I just want to pray with you right now. And this is what I want the prayer to be, y'all. I believe some of you need to give your heart to Jesus. I'm telling you, I believe it in my heart. Wherever you are in your living rooms or watching it in your office or wherever you are, I believe some of you have never given your life to Jesus. And what he wants for you is to remain with him. He made you to live in harmony with him. But that has to begin with salvation. And so if you'll just pray something like this, Jesus, I give you my life. I believe you died on the cross, rose again as we celebrated last Sunday on Easter. But we celebrate every Sunday as Resurrection Sunday because you are alive. And so God, I believe that you're available to live in me. And today I ask you to live in me. And I will walk with you the rest of my life. Thank you for... Thank you that heaven is my destiny and hell will never be where I'm going because I'm giving my life to you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. No matter what you've ever done in the past, no matter, no matter what your name is, Jesus promises you a place with him and loves you. And so listen, if you prayed that and you meant it, I want you to text this number. Put in 864. I dial all these, all these numbers, 864-606-3600. If you'll just text one word, alive, and let us know. It's a simple thing to do, 864-606-3600. Text one word, alive, and let us know that you just trusted Jesus. We're going to celebrate with you. We won't come to your house. At your level of comfort, we'll reach out to you. But we want you to take your next step, like we talked about earlier in the service in the announcements. Now, here's, here's the rest real quick.
Here's the rest real quick. If you haven't joined one of our groups, will you text that same number, 864-606-3600? Just text the word groups. We want you to connect with our, with our groups that are online. Eventually, they won't be. They won't be. But And I want y'all to try out that hub because it's a really cool thing. So download it. If on our, on our um, Four Points website, you can, you can find hub. It's amazing. I want y'all to try it. Austin's worked really hard on it. And I believe it's going to set us apart as we come back to worship together. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Some of y'all, not the Pangles yet, in Jesus' name, we're hoping it soon. But some of y'all have gotten your stimulus, stimulus, it's easy for me to say, money in. Praise God for that, right? We're thankful. I know some of y'all have been hurting really bad this season. I want to thank y'all from the bottom of my heart for your generosity. Because while we haven't been where I believe we're going to be in the future months, Y'all have been generous and we've been able to give. We've been able to not just sustain, but we've been able to do. And I'm thankful for that. But listen, here's all that we ever ask you to do. And this is what I want you to do. Whether you've just gotten stimulus money in or, or your job's about to open back up, do exactly what God puts on your heart to do. And this is what we know. This is not an option that God called each one of us to give our first tenth to him. That, that's obedience. Generosity is when you get to give over that. And so will you just do the first step and be generous by saying, God, this is yours. It's simple, safe, and easy to text that same number and the keyword give, 864-606-3600. And if you want to do it that way, it's easy. You can do it on our website. It's simple, safe, and easy to give that way. And if you'll do that, it, you won't believe if you've never done it before how easy it is. And some of y'all have already set it up. And I just want to say as your pastor, thank you. We're grateful for you. So let's give. Listen. We just want you to know that this is going to end sooner than later. And we can't wait to worship with you and be here in person. So before you check out, before you get off, I just want y'all to stand wherever you are, whether you're in your home. If, if you're driving down the road, I'm, I'm asking you not to stand. But anybody else, if you're at your kitchen table, if you're watching us, you know, casting it on your TV, would y'all just stand to your feet and let's end in worship. Because listen, this is one key thing I want you to leave with. Isolation is killed in intimacy. And I believe worry is killed in worship. I don't think you can outdo it enough. I don't think you can outthink yourself enough to stop worrying. But I think you can just change the whole context by just lifting your hands and worshiping the one who's the head who supplies all my needs. And so let's just lift our hands, just close your eyes. I'm thankful for this amazing worship team. But I just, I just want y'all to begin to just lift up the name of Jesus and just worship him. So God, we worship you because you're worthy. God, I believe that because you live in us that no one can minister to us better than your Holy Spirit. And so, God, we just lift up your name because you're worthy. In Jesus' name, amen.